You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith, and we're broadcasting from the heart of the Real Presence Radio Listening Network at the Holy Cross Parish in Ipswich, South Dakota. Uh, my name is Father Tim Smith, and again, uh, we want to give praise and glory and honor to God and His real presence in the Most Holy Eucharist, and we're just sharing life and faith. I'm so grateful for uh, Abby Johnson for joining us this morning. Again, her new book, uh, Fierce Mercy, is available wherever you purchase your Catholic books, and I want to encourage you uh, to support all your local and regional Catholic booksellers. Of course, a uh, great way for us to evangelize and centers of evangelization in wherever you live and wherever you dwell is to support your local Catholic businesses and, of course, uh, all the sponsors of Real Presence Radio throughout our listening area in the upper Midwest are great carriers of all those good books and especially the new book by Abby Johnson, our last guest. Uh, our new guest is also a co-author of a book and he is joining us from the Chicagoland area. He's the co-author and creator of the Lego Catechism. It's the Catechism of the Seven Sacraments and I'm joined this morning by Kevin O'Neill. Kevin, thanks for joining me on Real Presence Live. Thanks for having me on, Father and I'm so grateful to speak with you, uh, especially uh, just, you know, this beautiful project that you have uh, worked on in the last several years and also the upcoming projects you have in communicating and transmitting the faith uh, to so many different people. Uh, Kevin, tell our listeners uh, where you're from, uh, your, about your family, and, and what parish you attend. You know, we're in northern Illinois, so I can... I can uh get to Wisconsin in a couple of, of minutes and save about 30 cents a gallon on gas at this point. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're smack dab in the center of the state, practically, in Harvard, Illinois. Uh, we attend, I have eight children. Uh, my wife and I have been married now for a little over 20 years. Uh, in fact, we just celebrated our 20th anniversary in February. And, uh, and we attend St. Peter's Parish out in, in Volo, Illinois, which is a a parish that's run by an order known as uh, the Order of St. John Cantius. Well, we're, we, we're great fans of the canons of, of St. John Cantius and, and also their beautiful celebrations of the liturgy. Um, and of course, I believe you captured a lot of that, Kevin, in the book that you and your wife Mary have co-authored together, uh, The Catechism of the Seven Sacraments. And so uh, tell us, our listeners here, um, so though some of them I know probably have this in their homes. They, they've uh, some people have perhaps gifted it to their children, but there are many more um, who are unaware of this amazing way of communicating and transmitting the faith. Uh, what really uh, inspired you to really captivate and, and transmit the faith through the means of this uh, beautiful book that you've created about the sacraments? You know, I wish the starting point was different, but I have to tell you, my children had a book called The Brick Bible, and it is a Bible written by an atheist, and we didn't know that. Mm. And it's extremely blasphemous, and I said, we got to get this out of the house. Sorry, guys. And I saw the poll that it had on my kids, and so as a result of that, you know, I, one of my sons continued, Dad, can I just look at some of the pictures? I said, no. 
He said, well, Dad, you always say we can eat the watermelon and spit out the seeds. I said, not if the, spe- not if the seeds are, are poisonous. Mm. I said, that yeah. it doesn't work with theology. It not, that analogy breaks down now. But I said, but I'll tell you what, we're going to go ahead and, and we'll make one. And so we did. And, uh, and we started, and I, you know, I didn't realize how few Legos we had at that point. Every parent thinks that their kids have a million Legos, but the reality is when you start a project like this, uh, what you need and what you have are two totally different things. And uh, I just thought, you know what, this is a perfect way, as parents, we're always pushing, and this is something that pulls. You can set this on the table, and your kids can come over, and because of the imagery and the typology in it, and for anybody that doesn't know what typology is, typology is just the old being revealed in the new, and, you know, the, the new fulfilling the old. And so we take these images and put them side by side using pictures that we illustrated. We built Lego scenes to teach this, much like stained glass windows did throughout all of these centuries. We take these images now that are very relevant to children and, and teach them, teach to their long-term memory. And so, for example, in here, um, after we explain the Eucharist as the covenant, and then we explain Our Lady as the Ark of the Covenant and the New Eve, then let's even just take the Ark of the Covenant. We take pictures and we show how Mary is the new Ark. I mean, Mm. the old Ark had to be made perfect and pure, instructed by God. Mm. Mary is the new Ark who's made perfect and pure. The old Ark was overshadowed. Mary was overshadowed. The old Ark traveled to the hill country of Judea. Mary traveled to the hill country of Judea. David leapt for joy in the presence of the ark. John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy in the presence of Mary. And we take all these pictures and just put them side by side. One other neat little fact that will explode the truth in, in any listener, when the old ark had to leave the tent of worship, it was covered with a veil. And guess what color that was? Blue. And so anytime you see a picture of Our Lady wearing that blue veil, it also points to the fact that she's the new ark, as mentioned in Revelation, which says, Behold the ark, and then it says, A woman clothed with the sun, the moon, and the stars at her feet. And so we take these images and put them side by side so that children and parents can really learn the faith uh, together in such a, a simple way of, of delivering it. In fact, uh, and just to finish the thought I started on, when we show all this, and then we show Mary as the new Eve, we show how, you know, uh, sin comes into the world the same way that sin leaves the world. Mm. Sin comes into the world, and imagine six pictures on one side, six pictures on the other side. Sin comes into the world, God walks with man, we see him in a garden, the, the garden of, uh, uh, we see him in the Garden of Eden. Then we see a man and a woman, Adam and Eve, at a tree, They take the fruit from the tree, they eat it, and sin and death enter into the world. Mm. Well, sin sin leaves the world the same way. Jesus, who is God, walks with man. We see him in a garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. And we see a man and a woman, our Lord and our Lady, at a tree, the cross. But this time, the fruit is put back on the tree. And that's scriptural. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And we have to eat from the fruit of that tree, which is the Eucharist taken from the tree of life, so that sin and death can leave the world. And Scripture reveals itself in, in this manner all throughout and all throughout the sacraments. It's incredibly, incredibly thick. 
the sacramental theology that you've been able to express uh, in this book, which appears on the surface level, Kevin, uh, just a perhaps a oh a cute way to transmit the faith of the people, as you've just demonstrated through your own uh, theological uh, exposition and typology, really just signifies uh, the great uh, depth of knowledge that can be communicated through different media and different means. And so uh, for our listeners, uh, Kevin and his wife, Mary, along with your family, have created this Catechism of the Seven Sacraments filled with a robust theology, but demonstrated through the studio work that you've done with Lego figurines. And so the cover of the Catechism of the Seven Sacraments, there you have a scene from the Last Supper. There's Christ himself with the chalice, uh, instituting the Holy Eucharist, and then there he's surrounded by uh, the disciples there as they are there at this great night of the, uh, the beginning of the Lord's Paschal Mystery right there unfolding through these Lego characters. And of course, all throughout the Lego uh, Catechism or the Catechism of the Seven Sacraments, it is actually signified all the part of salvation history um, and really just unfolding pointing to Jesus as the uh, real source and summit of the faith, and of course, the Holy Eucharist. And what a great tool to catechize people. You know, Kevin, for the theology that you covered in the book, what theologians do you draw influence from in developing this book? Obviously, uh, it's coming out of the 20th century into the 21st. Um, there are some theologies that are suspect, as you mentioned. Um, there are some in the watermelon. You, you can spit out some seeds. Um, uh, what are some of the things out there that you and your wife have drawn influence from and that really inform your catechism? You know, we, we consider ourselves products of the new evangelization. So keep your work up. That's, that's what we are. And I would also say this, too, uh, that as products of the new evangelization, I, I look out across Catholic media today, and it's always important to be informed, mm. but people are running to media sources today that are telling them everything that every bad bishop is doing, and they're not learning the faith like the new evangelization set out to do. Mm-hmm. And so there's a huge trap there that people can fall into. And I'm so blessed to have been able to have the faith taught to me through the new evangelization that St. John Paul II put out that I, I began to follow. Uh, now, that doesn't mean stick your head in the sand, but what, what, what I was able to expose myself to is obviously Dr. Scott Hahn was, was huge, very, very uh, pivotal, but also Lighthouse Media CDs, Steve Ray, and then the first and foremost was Bishop Fulton Sheen, really dusting the the cover off of Bishop Fulton Sheen's work and listening to him was one of the most incredible, incredibly transformative uh, speakers that I've ever listened to in my entire life. And then, uh, you know, I've, I've gone into older books as well, Gene Danilou, uh, The Bible and the Mass, that's a phenomenal book. And then, you know, of course, the early Church Fathers are so influential as well, and really diving into uh, what they say. And, and one example of that, and I think, this is, I think this is my only original thought in the entire book, is, you know, speaking of early Church Fathers, we show how St. Ignatius called the, the, the Eucharist the medicine of immortality. Mm. And we show in here how, you know, if you're bitten by a venomous snake, like we were bitten by the venom of sin in the Garden of Eden through the serpent, now you need an anti-venom. Mm. And anti-venom 
is made out of the same venom that's coursing through you to destroy you, but it's, it's transitioned now medicinally to be given back to you. And that's what Christ did. He took our venom, our sin. Our flesh was, was heading towards the grave. He died to destroy it, resurrects again, and gives us his flesh, the anti-venom, this medicine of immortality, so that our flesh can be united to his resurrected flesh. And that's why, unless you eat his flesh and drink his blood, you know, he says, I will raise him up on the last day, because we are uniting to the flesh that has resurrected, because ours can't do it without the, the medicine of immortality. Amen. Those are the monoclonal and antibodies that I need, which is the flesh and blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Kevin, thank you for that. We're going to take a short break. We're going to be back, and we're going to talk about how this catechism can continue to invigorate the life of faith in our families and in our children. We'll be right back on a short break here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith, and I'm joined this morning by Kevin O'Neill, creator of the Catechism of the Seven Sacraments, a catechism that is uh, for children and families. It has picture uh, representations of 
scenes from the life of Christ, from salvation history, uh, guiding readers so that they can grow in a pedagogy of faith that helps them understand the meaning and the source of summit of the Christian life, Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist. The sacraments are all treated uh, splendidly. And of course, Kevin and his wife, Mary, uh, live in Illinois, and they have just had a tremendous job. And of course, uh, Kevin, I'm so grateful you're on with us today. You know, these last eight years, you know, this, this phenomenon really has grown, you know, online, uh, Lego movies, uh, like, of course, uh, this has become a big industry. And then also there's even fan fiction, so to speak, of, of Lego figurines. Um, but really just taking this same form of media and really using it at the service of truth and trans- transmitting the faith has just had a powerful, it really stands out as really, like you said, uh, uh, one of those responses to the new evangelization. So, Kevin, let our listeners know, what's the response been from children and families about the book, and what do they say about how it's helped them transmit the faith to their own children? You know, at this point, we have uh, we've sold over 30,000 copies of it, which is mm. incredible. A no-name author and a, and a no-name publisher, and we just... We knew what we were supposed to do. We just got to work. We didn't have any any expectations. We just knew we had to do it. And so there are over 300 reviews now that you can look at on Amazon, Holy Heroes, and other large online uh, distributors. You you know, some of the reviews out there say uh, that, you know, I was in the car. All of a sudden, my child started talking to me about uh, the Passover and how it relates to the Eucharist. And I turned around, you know, and this person turned around and said, where did you learn that? And they said, oh, in that, in that catechism. And, and then this lady says in her review, she says, this is stuff I didn't learn until I was in college. And my child is just spitting it at me like an expert. Mm. And, and, you know, just because, just because something is profound doesn't mean it's complicated. Mm-hmm. But, and that's the beauty of typology. Typology just it connects it for you. And so we just take all the dots that have always been there, and we just put them right next to each other. And, you know, we've had, we've had experiences, uh, even through the grace of, of our work with, uh, you know, I had, uh, I had attended Mass one time with a family that had just finished reading our book. And this is a military family. All of the kids stand up straight, kneel straight, you, mm. you name it. Just a good, solid family. And the readings that day were what I had just kind of gone over with Mary being the ark, and it was it was Mary traveled to the hill country of Judea, and and their son couldn't help but he turned around and he looked at me and he goes, he, because on that image it says "Welcome to the hill country of Judea." That's all we could think of a, a silly little welcome sign to get kids to remember it. So it says "Welcome to the hill country of Judea," and and this his son turns around and he goes "Welcome to the hill country of Judea." <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know what? He he memorized. He he knows it. It's it's locked in now, and that's what teaching the faith is. Teaching is one thing; transmitting is another, and we have to do both. You know, how has your wife Mary and you working together on this project? And then you shared even the genesis of it comes from even uh, participating uh, with your own children in their own faith formation, um, where you said, we're going to make our own uh, book using our Lego uh, sets and using these scenes. You know, how has your own faith in your family been strengthened through participating and working together in this project? 
You know, it, uh, I would say, first off, it, it makes it easier to have, if, to, to bring family together for prayer, because oftentimes as we're working, we put the, the rosary on and we all say the rosary and continue working. Uh, our devotion to St. Anthony has never been stronger. Hmm. You cannot do these projects, <laughs> look for these pieces, without the help of, of St. Anthony. Oh, and, man. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just, it's great because everybody has, everybody in the family has a unique role in it, whether it's uh, just helping out with the, the little one. Like I said, we have eight children and we homeschool. Uh, and so whether it's helping out with the little one, whether it's building scenes that we, we need to have built, uh, organizing or just you know carrying on and, and picking up something that's that's falling apart in the house because we have so many moving pieces uh, and so it's just been a real blessing and to see my own children reading it is uh, is just the greatest gift. You know, it, it is real, really an excellent delivery mechanism. And, and before even encountering the book, Kevin, I did meet children in the parish uh, who would share with me if I'd be going to a home and doing a home blessing. And, and there I go through, the, and there's the Lego room. The pieces are scattered everywhere, and I'm giving a blessing to the home. Uh, sometimes kids will share with me uh, little representations of their own parish church. Uh, this is, there you are, Father, and they've made a chapel with their Lego pieces, and, and as they're coming together, that's how you really know that the faith is really inculcated in the fabric of the life experience of those children, because there they are, even in that moment of play, that there's time for Mass. And, and this is true even in previous generations. I know a group of men I was speaking with years ago, they, they tell me about how they would gather together as boys to play baseball in the center of town here. And before they would have baseball, one of the boys would say, we have to have Mass before we play. And one person would play the priest. They would pretend to be Father Borman, and the other, the other boys would be altar servers, and they would pile up their bats and gloves and would be the makeshift altar. And as just, you know, eight, nine, ten-year-old boys, there they were, you know, living out the faith, and they would go on to be men and be fathers and grandfathers of large Catholic families. That is how we know that the faith is truly uh, centered in our life, and, and the catechism of the Catholic Church is a great delivery tool in this, in this catechism, using these scenes of the seven sacraments that you and your wife have created are a great example of that in the 21st century. So, Kevin, do you guys have any other projects or any other books that you've been working on with the success of this first book? We do. We, we have, you know, there are a couple little pamphlets, I guess, or pocket guides, if you will. Uh, one is on how to pray the rosary, and the other one is a uh, is on the sacrament of confession, and uh, that has an examine of, examination of conscience in it. It's kind of a nice little little uh, booklet. But right now we are just about finished uh, with our next big book, and this book is on on the mass. But it's not just you know it's not just on the mass. Again, this is on the typology that we we see in the mass, and so for example. You know, we show in here how the Mass is the new Exodus. You know, in, in in the Bible, God didn't just tell, everybody knows this line, let my people go, but it doesn't end there. Moses said, let my people go so that they may worship me. That's mm. what God told Moses to tell Pharaoh. Let my people go so that they may worship me. And what does he do? Leads them into the wilderness, 
and teaches them how to worship him. And what does that look like? They build a tent of worship. They, 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 they you know, in, in that boring part in Exodus, we see that they, they, he shows them how to deploy the priesthood, how to ordain priests, what kind of oils to use, what kind of linens to use on the altar. Well, how to build the altar, of course, how to do all of this stuff, what kind of candles, what kind of incense, and then how the tabernacle is to be placed in the front, and then God himself who dwells upon the mountain places himself within the tabernacle, and the tabernacle's always been the meeting place between God and his people. Well, he teaches them a liturgy. Hmm. Now, all you have to do is fulfill that with one simple thing, because everything else is self-exploding. Now God, crucified on the mountain, dwells within our tabernacle, and forget meeting place. This is now the joining. This is the grafting between God and his people. And so we're showing this. We're going to show how Moses went up a mountain and came down with the Ten Commandments, which was the Word of God written with the finger of God. It was the law of God, and it's the new covenant. And now the priest at, at Holy Mass ascends the mountain. And what do you come down with, Father? You come down with the Eucharist, which is the Word made flesh, it is the new covenant, it is the law fulfilled, and we get to receive this. Mm. And when you take a look at what what St. Paul says, St. Paul says this new covenant not written on tablets of stone, but written on the fleshy tablets of their hearts. Mm. And, in the Old Test- and in the Old Testament, it talks about uh, the, uh, the, the covenant that's to come. It will be written on, it, it, the laws will be written in their hearts. And so we receive this, and the same finger of God that wrote the laws into stone now writes the laws into our hearts. And what is every single Eucharistic miracle? They're all heart tissue. It's like we're receiving a heart transplant so that, you know, it's not I who lives, but He who lives in me. And and it's just the beauty of the faith. And so we're going to show the Mass as the new Exodus— we're going to show the mountain that we're. We're going to show the reality that we're participating in, and there's so much in there that's just uh, beautiful. Even one one quick thought, because I could go typology forever. Sure. But anything, any cross pollination from the last book, like I mentioned, uh, you know, sin coming in and sin going out. Sure. We show how in the Garden of Eden, when sin left the world, what what happened? There, a fiery sword was drawn there in Eden. And what does Christ say in Gethsemane to Peter? Peter, sheath your sword. And in the Garden of Eden, when they were kicked out, the ground was cursed with thorns. And when Christ left Gethsemane, he took our curse and crowned himself with it. Kevin, it's a beautiful testimony. And in fact, here on Real Presence Radio, uh, we want to feature, so we'll have you back on when the new book is released, when you have it finalized. I know you're in the middle of production of it right now. And so we'll have you come back and we're going to spend some time talking just about that new book when that hits our our bookshelves around here. Uh, Kevin, last thing, where can people get a copy of the Catechism of the Seven Sacraments? Where can they buy this? You know, as you mentioned it, first and foremost, try to support your local Catholic bookstores and, and local Catholic businesses. Uh, Holy Heroes carries it. You can buy it on Amazon if you need to. Uh, and then, of course, it, it's really it's really distributed out there in, in most places. And if they don't have it, ask them to get it, please. And search online from whatever uh, search engine you use, Catechism of the Seven Sacraments. It will come right up. 
and you can order everything, including that confession guide, because, Kevin, I just ordered one right now while we were talking on my phone. It was very easy to do, and my kids are going to have a copy of it for their first reconciliation coming up here in a few weeks. So God bless you, Kevin O'Neill. Blessings to your wife, Mary, and your family as you continue to be witnesses of the new evangelizations. Coming up next, we're going to have Bishop John Quinn right here on Real Presence Live. We'll be back after a short break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 